Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse, heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. And I mean, I know you can feel it. Yeah, okay, they talk about dead rubbers, but as it gets closer, we all know that it just gets a bit more serious as you're heading into Game 3. I think it's going to be an absolutely incredible game. You've got Billy Slater hopefully going for the whitewash. You've got Brad Fittler, whether it's his last game or it's not. You've got him either going out on a high. You've got new players trying to earn blues jerseys. It is something that you want to go and see. So tickets are at nrl.com.au slash tickets. $59 for adults and $165 for families. Now, I've got the great Smithers on the line. Smithy, yeah, mate. Campy, I'm here, mate. I am here with uh, the Queensland team. We've we've actually been up in Cairns oh, the wow. last couple of days, um, just spending some time with the community. We do this every series. We we travel to a, a regional city of Queensland and just spend some time with the people. Spend some time with the junior rugby league players, boys and girls of that of that regional town. And just you know, say good day and. Just a little reminder of um, you know who the players are playing for and who they're representing, and um, it's it's been a great time. It's been a little bit wet, been a little no. bit wet, I must say, but but warm. Um, but yeah, first couple of days have been good. The the boys are excited, mate. Uh, let's have a look at the Queensland Maroons update. Thanks to Auto Masters Auto Cam videos at all thirteen service centres, and also we'll have a look at the New South Wales squad selections. Mm. But uh, how's camp been in regards to obviously the ins Brimo? Horsburgh, Outs, Walsh, Flegler. What's it been like? Yeah, well, it, it's there's been very little disruption, and and I think that was the the thoughts behind um, bringing AJ Brimson and and Corey Horsburgh into the squad. Given they were they were 18th and 19th man for game two, um, forced changes for the Queensland side, of course, with uh, you know, Walshy you know, being suspended. Thomas Flegler, you know, his foot injury keeping him out of this third game. So um, we're very lucky. We we understand, you know, we're in a fortunate position where uh, Queensland are, are turning up and there's a couple of guys that, that spent pretty much every day in camp for game two and, and they've been around the system, they've been around the team, they, they know exactly what the, you know, game plan, the style of play and what's expected of them. Uh, when they pull on a, a, a maroon jersey, AJ Brimson, of course, he's, he's obviously he's he's played for Queensland before. He's represented Queensland um, a couple of years ago. So um, and and playing great football, I must say, for the Titans. Um, so you know he takes the number one jersey. It, it's been great, Kempi. It's it's been really good. You know the, the first couple of days of it, it's just been you know sort of congratulating them on on their performance in game two. Um, it was a it was a huge effort to be able to get the win that they that they got, but the the challenge is is still in front of them. It, it's still in front of them. You know, I've, I've heard um, you know Brandy, one of our um, another one of our SEN people talk about uh, state of origin games, and and someone suggested to him that it was a dead rubber, and he and he come back, and I completely agree with him, and and that's the situation for us too, is that every origin game is its own contest. Mm. There's no dead rubbers. Mm. 
So it, it's not a dead rubber for New South Wales and, and certainly not a dead rubber for us. So the challenge in front of this football team, um, you know, in, wearing the maroon jerseys is are they satisfied with being just 2-0 or finishing the series 2-1 or do they want to go on and, and win it 3-0? Um, it all comes down to, you know, how much they, they want to get that result and and the work that they want to put in during the week to try and find that result. So... The first couple of days have been good, mate. They've they're excited. They're they're excited to be back in camp and be around each other. And the challenge that lies ahead, you know, travelling to Sydney, it's a hard place to play, um, difficult place to get results. And Queensland, they're they're facing a football side that I believe in this whole series is probably the most dangerous New South Wales side that they're going to face. Yeah, I mean, you can tell already that New South Wales, uh, they are ready for a big one. You know, the talk come out of camp, you know, huge changes. The, the changes don't look like, you know, maybe one or two look like towards next year. But, I mean, the key positions, it looks like cha- changes have been made specifically to win this match. It's not giving guys goes so they can build to anything else. Um, let's talk about New South Wales uh, mm-hmm. squad changes. Ins, Bradman Best, Cody Walker, Jake Trevojevic, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Kolomatongi, Saifiti, Gutherson, and Scotty Drinkwater, 18th man, Spencer Linu, 19th man, outs. Tom Trevojevic, Hasp, both injured, dropped. Luai, Baolo, Frizzell, Young, Uto, Ikamanu. What are your thoughts about the big changes for New South Wales? Well, well, I think it goes back to what you just mentioned there, Kempi, was that there was questions, right? And, and people were wondering, which way will Brad Fittler go? Which, which way will New South Wales go with this footy side for game three are they thinking future or are they thinking win this match uh, looking at this football side it's it's all about winning game three it's all about winning game three and whether that's just to salvage some pride in this series or whether you know Brad Fittler as coach is thinking you know I, I want to get a win here to try and keep my job I, I'm not too sure I'm not I, I'm not too sure but looking at the football side that's been selected it, it's all it's all around gearing this team to win game three. It's not about the future at all, because if you look at Cody Walker and, and you know Cody Cody's a wonderful player, a wonderful player, and playing some good football. He probably you know a lot of people are saying like you should have featured earlier in the series, but if you're looking at the future, then Nico Hines, you would say, should have played in the halves. Mm. Young man, um, playing some. Great football at the moment, coming off a Dalian medal, was part of the New South Wales' best 17 in game one. Played out of the position. We know the story. Played out of position, got 12 minutes, and then was dropped. If you're thinking of the future, then then you would assume that Nico Hines would have been in the halves, um, or at least in this, this football team somewhere. But he's not. They've gone for Cody Walker, Um and I think it's it's all about winning this match, and and that's all there is to it. I, I don't think New South Wales are looking past that. And in some in 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 some regards, I, I I completely understand the move to do that because you know no one wants to be a part of a football side losing three nil in an Origin series. Mm. No one. Mm. It's a difficult thing to do. There's only ever been eight eight instances of a clean sweep. Four for New South Wales. Four for Queensland. The last time it happened was way back in 2010. So it was a long, long time ago. But looking at this side that they've picked, it, it looks as though 
it, it's a, it's a side not looking for the, the future. It's it's all about winning this third game in Sydney. I do like the changes in the forward pack, though. I, I really do. Regan Campbell-Gillard, he finds himself back in the team. Um, Jake Travojevic, uh, one game back. He's an origin, out-and-out origin player. I like Liam Martin starting. He's been one of the... Kempe, he's, he's been one of the best New South Welshmen um, in the first two matches, um, playing off the bench, of course, and Cam Murray starting. So it's a team that is all-out attack, um, and it's a team full of... You know, very, very good footballers that they can they can be very dangerous when things are going their way. Yeah, I I think uh, Regan Campbell Gillard in Jake Trevojevic in massive ins. I will say though, I do find I'm very surprised Paolo being dropped. Not even yep. you know from the starting side from the entire squad. Yep. Um, I'm also you know Stefano. I just think that if you're going to pick him game two. Yeah, I don't understand why you don't give him another opportunity in a game that's you know, we it's definitely important, but it's less important than a game two up in Suncorp. It's less pressure, um, yep. and so I'm just a bit surprised at, like I understand they need to win it, but they needed to win game two as well. So why was he picked in game yeah. two? And yeah. you, you go back and watch the vision. The ten minutes he got, he, he didn't do anything wrong at all. And as a matter of fact, he won a lot of the contact. Like he got, he mm. found his front a lot of the time. Um, yep. So I'm I'm very surprised. In that, uh, you know, other ones that really surprised me, uh, Bradman Best. Look, mm. he does. If you're looking at a guy that could potentially be perfect for Origin, it's Bradman Best. Big body, extremely physical, loves the contact. My my just my biggest, I guess, concern is that there's been a couple of picks in this series where the players coming into it have had, you know, six good games or eight good games or even let's just say a, a season of good footy. And mm-hmm. and look, I as I said, like the New South Wales selectors know way more, more about footy than me. But I always used to feel like Origin was about you know people would earn jerseys over years of good good form rather than kind of you know you've had five to six good weeks and you get a crack. Yeah. Look, I understand if injuries force that, but you got a guy like Matty Burton that's played really well there. Tungor has yep. played fantastic for a couple of years now. Stag's got a bit of an opportunity, then he was moved on. So I'm, I, as I said, Bradman Best, he he could come out and play fantastic. There's no denying that he has the ability to do it. It's more just around the, the earning the earning of the jersey that is is a little bit surprising for me. Mm. Well, given, can be I, I, I worked on the game, the Melbourne and um, Penrith game, and the way Isaac Tungwall played was incredible, mm. incredible. He he was almost the best player on the field. Oh mate, unbelievable. so after that match. Yeah, after that match, I, I was thinking to myself, like, this is, he's got a really, really good chance of, of being in this um, Blues outfit, but overlooked. And and I guess that's probably the, the you know, I guess the, the, the shock selection of this Blues team is, is Bradman Best. You know, he's playing in a side that, that aren't travelling all that well. They, I know they had a big win on the weekend, but outside of that, um, you know, the, they've had a very, very up and down season. And and I I guess people expected maybe two or three players before him, um, but you know that's again I, I referenced Brandy again. I he spoke about you know Bradman Best has been in the conversation now for a little bit about about representing this New South Wales side. Um, he's got his his opportunity so. Um, as you said, mate, like he, he's a big body. He's a, he's a great player. Um, it it is a big 
big test for him, though, coming into a side facing a Queensland team full of confidence um, and, and, and looking at or, or potentially facing a clean sweep in Sydney. There's, there's a little bit of pressure on him, but um, you know, we'll, only, we'll find out next week how he handles that. Uh, another surprising thing for me is Gutherson and Robson on the bench. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I understand, or I, I think I understand the thought process. You know, they had backs go down and people go down in both games. Uh, I just think that, you know, my opinion on the situation is is that you you got to there's got to make a on your bench a sacrifice has to be made somewhere. You've got to either mm. go, you know what, if a back goes down, someone's just going to have to step up and have an origin yeah. moment, or um, if if we've got a, a hooker that he has to play 80 or someone has to give 10 in, the, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm mm. just surprised at that. Now, I think they're probably going to use Reeves Robson similar to, to how Queensland used Cotter. I think they're going to look at him as a, a bit of a middle forward for a period because uh, if, if they don't, I mean, that's big minutes you're asking from Trevojevic, Campbell, um, Gillard. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what are your thoughts on the bench? Well, well particularly particularly with, um, and, you know, Jake's a, he's a, he's a Naturally fit guy, he gets through big minutes, but he's only been back for what, one. Has he played one first grade game? Yeah. Um, you know, being back in um, in the competition before being selected in this. So, yeah, I think that was the Bradman best one was a shock one, and then looking at you know Clint Gutherson at seventeen, wonderful play, Clint Gutherson. You know, the king. He's Gutho. He's a, he's a wonderful player. He's a big fan of the captain's run, of course. But <laughs> looking. Just looking at the makeup of the footy side, it's 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 can be it's almost like game one where Nico Hines was on the bench, mm. and I'm sort of sitting there thinking how how will Clint Gutherson be used in this game? Yeah, is is it is he on the bench? Is he going to be sitting on the bench just for insurance? Mm. Is it is it is he sitting there just in case a a back goes down? Which you know occurred in in game two with with Tommy Turbo, um, how he went down in the second minute, because if he is and and they get through the game unscathed, is is Gutho going to be sitting on the bench the entire game mm. and have no minutes, and then they're relying pretty much like if if you have a player on the bench as insurance that does doesn't get on, you're relying on sixteen guys to get the job done. Yeah, and I just don't know if that's I don't know if you can do that in Origin. Yeah, um, it's it's a really well look. You know, I, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's a really tough ask mm. um, for those 16 guys to to get it done um, at that level. So, oh, yeah, I, I I couldn't see I couldn't see Brad Fittler and and the coaching staff taking that same or similar game plan into this game as what they did in, in Adelaide in game one where they had Nico Hines sitting on the bench until, what, what was it, the the 68th minute or something like that and get him on there cold, you know, has sat on the bench for that long. I, I just can't see that happening. I, I reckon there'll be a plan around trying to get Gatho on there a lot earlier. Mm. Um, whether that's... Because he, he's a big guy. Mm. Like he plays fullback every week for Para, but he's a big guy. Maybe put him in in the middle and play oh, some sort of role in the middle for maybe ten or twelve minutes, fifteen minutes max, maybe, and 
give one of the big guys a, a bit of a, a spell on the on the sideline. I'm not sure. I just I can't see I can't see them having someone warming the bench for for an in case moment. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. J- just in case. Yeah. Just in case. I can't see that happening again. Surely. Yeah. Uh, look, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to continue talking about, because we've got more, we've got Keon Atorko, we've got Hudson Young, people that have been dropped, and also Inns as well. Uh, so we're going to continue talking about New South Wales selections. But Auto Masters Auto Cam video reports on your car service and rep- repairs at all 13 service centres. After the break, we'll get back into New South Wales selections. Five away from the line. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. That was our game sealer moment from round 18. Thanks to Loctite Adhesives. Fast, strong and reliable. The possibilities are limitless. All it takes is a few drops. Let's get into Big Big Blues news. Now, we've got Keon Kolomatangi that gets his debut. Now, going, not only just debuting, but he's going to start. Uh, I think this is really well. I mean, I talked earlier about, you know, earning a jersey. I think Keon absolutely has earned the jersey. I love this selection. What do you reckon, Smithy? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think yeah, his his you know Keon's name was tossed up, um, you know, for for a, an earlier change, you know, for game two, and a lot of people were thinking, well, that was going to be the case, but it's taken now, you know, till the third game, which is you know essentially a, a game where you know Queensland have already wrapped up the series for Keon to get a start. I I love the selection. I really do. I think it's as I mentioned before, Kempi. I think this is looking just on paper, on paper, looking at the lineup and the matchups between the two footy sides. This is, I believe, the most dangerous New South Wales side that's been named for the entire series. And and you know, I think a lot of people, particularly New South Wales fans, they're saying, well, why is it taking the game three to get a lineup? Like we've got for this for this game, mm. um, you know. But but Keon, he's he's a wonderful player, um, very very dangerous on an edge. I'm sure he's going to give, uh, um, he, he's going to work over you know our halves and 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 get out wide and and try and build some momentum, particularly for Damian Cook, um, who didn't get an opportunity to play at nine in, in game two. But what he does do is you know. When they look to go on their long shifts and and they've got that little Rabbitohs connection now with with Keon playing in the back row, um, Cookie at nine, Cody Walker at six, is they like to build that they like to build that little bit of momentum on an edge. Cookie gets out from dummy half, gets the ball to, to Cody, and away they go. So there's a lot of yeah, a little bit of homework to do for the Maroons on on particularly. Keon and, and how to manage him and, and try to minimise the impact he's going to have, particularly in that area. Um, you know, he's got his teammate there, Cam Murray, that's you know going to be playing alongside him as well. So there's a little bit of you know that that Rabbitohs flavour in there that when you give them good field position, they they get excited mm. and that's when they come to life. So that that's what you know the Maroons need to be aware of. Now, uh, you know, in saying that with the Keon selection, as I said, I like it. I'm very surprised Hudson Young was dropped. I, mm. I just, that is, you know, a guy that's relatively young, 
He's been playing good footy for a minimum two years now. He scored the match winner on the weekend. I, did, I didn't think he was bad in game two at all. I actually thought he, he created a bit of chaos uh, when he ran the ball for Queensland and, and created a bit of trouble. Uh, thoughts on the Hudson Young dropping? Yeah, well, I thought I thought maybe Hudson Young would have been moved to the bench. Mm. Um, I expected Liam Martin to be named as a starting back row. As I said, I think he's been one of their best players in the first two games. And Kaloma Tungi has, has certainly earned his, his spot. Maybe I was thinking Hudson Young not dropped. Definitely not dropped from the footy side. Mm. Um, I thought he was going to make his way you know, back onto the bench and, and, and come off the bench. But, you know, they've, they've, they've gone... Against that that way of thinking, think you know, Hudson Young, he's either a starter or he's not in the team. I think that's that's the way they're they're thinking. He hasn't done a whole lot wrong, to be honest. Hudson Young, I thought his game two was was pretty. It was a pretty good effort that he that he gave there. They've gone for you know obviously Isaiah Yo and and Saifidi on the bench as two two ruck players. Isaiah Yo, you know, plays a very sort of unique role I guess as a ruck player with you know he's more of a ball player than than a guy just a hit up guy Saifidi big body you know carries strong um, you know typical front rower on the bench and then they got Reese Robson a backup hooker for Cookie and and you know Gutho we spoke we've we've mentioned Gutho and and maybe all the possibilities around what what role he'll play but yeah no real sort of designated back rower on the bench, which is a little bit surprising. The, the move that I thought that Hudson Young would make, as I mentioned before, I, I thought he would have transitioned from starting onto the bench, but they've gone for a, a clean swap. They've just they've taken him out of the footy side. Kaloa Matungi comes in. It, it, it obviously suggests that they're looking for those back rowers to play 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to head to a break, but before we get to the break, got to let you know, we got Kieran Foran and the great Thurston on for a chat later in the oh, show. Later JT. in the show. JT, and look, just like the Slater situation, a lot of people are going to think Smithy got Thurston on, but I'm just going to say <laughs> I might have had a bit of pull there. I might have had a bit of pull. Anyway, after the break, we'll get back into the footy. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Now, some absolutely huge news over the weekend or huge performances in the bad way. Uh, the Dragons, Tigers and Bulldogs all suffering heavy losses, especially the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Dragons have now conceded 100 points over the past two games. Tigers conceded the most points ever by a team in the NRL era. And the Bulldogs equaled their worst ever loss in history. Burning question, Smithy. All three teams yep. will play this week in round 19. What should their focus be? Oh, well, it's it's clearly... Defense, Kempi. Like it's just looking at those score lines and watching those games across the weekend. You just, you, you. It's almost you didn't want to look at the television screen. Like you're almost cringing as the game went on and the scoreboard just kept ticking over. And afterwards, you know, like the the criticism of you know, particularly Tigers, right? So people are saying, like, where's it all gone wrong? And and pointing. You know, fingers and suggesting, oh, the CEO, the chairman, and all this sort of stuff. I'll tell you this, Kempi. When was the last time a CEO or a chairman made a tackle? Yeah, they haven't. Like they, they're not on the field. They're not on the field. They're not the ones that go out there and make performance. Okay, they make decisions. 
okay? They make decisions around the organisation and where it goes and, and some like to be involved in recruitment and list management and that type of stuff. Okay, that's fair enough. But when I look at these footy sides, when I look at the Bulldogs, when I look at the West Tigers and when I look at the the Dragons, they've got some quality players in that football side. And, and we've seen from them that they can play good football, the, the, the football team. The, we need to stop pointing fingers at, you know, recruitment and list management and all oh, the squad and this sort of stuff. 66 nil, 66 nil, and score lines like 74 nil. That's, there's no excuse there. There's no excuse. You, you can't give, and this sounds really harsh, and, 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 I, and, I, and I, I, I don't like, you know, being harsh on, on players, but when you look at those score lines, Kempi, that's all around effort and desire. Mm. Uh, like, I don't know what your thoughts are when you were watching these games, but they, they the lack of effort was, was what caused these results. Like 74 nil, when you're having, when you when you've got an opposition player, and it was Scott Drinkwater. When you have an opposition player come out and say post game, how was that? When he's asked a question, right in a, in a in a uh, in an interview, how was that? How did that feel tonight? You know, great feeling, blah blah. Scott Drinkwater said, yeah, it was like a uh, it was like a preseason training training drill. <laughs> how does that make you feel? Oh my god! Wow. If you're a West Tigers player, how does that make you feel when 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 the guy wearing the number one jersey on the other team says, "Oh, it felt like a preseason training drill," I don't know what. What are you thinking, mate? Oh, look, I I agree with you in regards to looking at the game. There is no excuses for the performances. You know, you can look at, you can try to point fingers or whatever, but mm. you know, there's a difference between losing thirty-two to ten and obviously seventy-four nil. I will say though, from a bird's eye view especially at the Tigers. I don't think the Bulldogs and the, Dra- the Dragons are not as guilty of it. But from a bird's eye view with the Tigers, yep. I just think this has been happening for so long with different yep. rosters. Yes. And that's where I go. The environment there needs to change like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I look at more the admin and I go, look, there's been one constant at the Tigers for a while. And unfortunately, even during this week, there were in the lead up to the game, there were off-field dramas about... Um, you know, the coaching staff not getting told about selections and all that kind of stuff. So I, I 100% agree with you, mate, in regards to the play. That doesn't excuse the players. That doesn't mean the yeah. players get to go out and just not have a crack. No way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the Tigers, they're just – changes need to be made to that environment because they are not excelling. They're not being the best. Put it this way. If a player was playing the way – had the results that, you know, the current admin have, they wouldn't get re-signed. They wouldn't get re-signed. Um, yeah. but I agree with you, mate. There is no that does not excuse the performances on the weekend by the boys. No, that's right. And 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 we're talking about the isolated games, right? Like, yeah. there's obviously you know some some larger issues going on at at, at some of these organisations. Um, I think you know, you know you and I have discussed you know the bulldog situation and being a little bit more patient with this current roster and and where that club's heading. Yeah, they've they've got some great people involved there. Gus Gould is is heading. He's one of the smartest men in rugby league. So, um, you know, look at the work that's that's that he was 
he put in, you know, quite some years ago at Penrith, and now look where they are right now. They are the benchmark of the competition. So, mm. not saying that the Bulldogs are going to be that or that the same thing will happen, but you know, you've got a smart guy involved there. When you look at the Tigers, though, there's there's just so much drama, so much drama, like constantly going on. So that that has to have some sort of effect on the players, right? So essentially, as a footballer, and you know, you know, I'd love to get your thoughts on this too, mate. But as a footballer, like you want to play footy, mm. that that's your job. You get paid to play footy. You want to play footy, but what can help is is front office creating an environment that that makes your job a little bit easier. Okay, everyone, everyone, it doesn't matter what industry you work in, it doesn't matter what line of work, what, what role you have, what job, if the boss um, or the bosses create an environment that you really <laughs> enjoy being a part of and, and being at work every day and you, the job that they're asking you to do is made easy by the things that they provide for you, then usually your output is, is somewhere near its maximum every day. Mm. So... I think that's the question is needs to be asked is is what type of environment are these players coming into because mm. they you know I'm not excusing I'm not excusing for one second the the, the performance on the weekend because that they're, they're much better than that we've seen that like it was only a month ago was it a month ago that they beat the Cowboys by sixty points yep they put they put sixty on the Cowboys like you know what I mean like how how does that how does that turn around so quickly where you can beat a team by, you know, fifty or sixty, whatever it was, and then a month, six weeks later, you get beat by seventy, by that same footy side. I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, yeah. Like I said, mate, there's there's bigger things going on at that footy club. But if we're talking about the isolated um, games regarding, you know, West Tigers, the Bulldogs, and certainly the Dragons. Um, you know, they, they just the, the players just need to have a quick look in the mirror and just say, "Well, am I proud of my performance tonight?" When they walk off the field, they need to they need to look at themselves in the mirror and say, "Am I proud of what I've just dished up for my footy club?" Yeah, and I, yeah. I I dare say, sorry man, I I dare say that you know there'd be very few guys across that the weekend from those three sides that could that could actually say they were proud of their the way they played. Yeah, no, mate. It's uh, it, it's as as we said earlier. If it was a thirty-two to ten loss, that's when you could go look. The environment isn't great, and and you know. Whereas this is a mixture of both. This is a mixture yep. of players not having it, you know, the crack they should be having, and also a poor environment. And so you have to take responsibility for what you can control. That's right. That's the first thing you have to do as a player. And this is coming from a guy that struggled with that. When I was younger, I was, you know, I, was, I, I would sook if I didn't get my way. Or, you know, like you, you grow up slowly. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like every young player comes in and, you know, they get yep. told, oh, we got fitness and, and they, they, they drop their bottom lip. And the, it's a senior player's job to go, boys, pull your heads in, get it done. Mm. And then you mm. grow and you get more mature. And then you tell the younger players that. But at the same time, the, the concern I have with the Tigers specifically is yep. they recruited well. They have senior players. That's right. Yeah, and so that's where I go. It's it's getting to a point where it's just inexcusable. Whereas the dogs, again, not not saying that they should be losing sixty six nil at any stage, but at the very least, with the dogs, you can say they they're genuinely building for the future. Like they they came into this season knowing that they're going to recruit young, 
you know, build into the next few years. They even said it before. One thing I hate, Smithy, is when clubs before the year say, yep, good to go. We're in for a big year. Let's go. They get 10 rounds in, and then all of a sudden they go, oh, we're in a rebuild. And it's like, well, (laughs) hang on a sec. You didn't say that at the start of the season. Yeah. And so, False advertising, mate. Exactly, exactly. You get done for that, Smitty. You get done for that, mate. Um, and so that's that's where I can, even though it's frustrating as a Doggies fan, yep. that's where I can go a little bit of slack can be given to the Dogs because they came out from the get-go saying, this is going to take a few years, guys. Give Seraldo some time. The Tigers, on the other hand, I just think too long. for too long. Like that, I think they had 70 put on last year and the year before. Yep. Like, yep. So Storm, you boys put it 2020, you put 60 on them or whatever, at, uh, up at mm-hmm. Coffs or something. Then yep. um, the Roosters put 70 on yep. them. Sunny Coast. Yep. And then, that, so and like that's, the roster is completely different, like completely different to what it was three years ago at the Tigers. And then you go back even further, the best they've gone is ninth in the last 10 years. They've gone something like 15th, 14th, 11th, 9th, 9th, 11th, 13th, 13th, wooden spoon, and they're looking on track for another wooden spoon. Like crazy yeah. times. So, so mate, what's happening? Like, what are you hearing around, like the coaching, um, at West Tigers? Is it is it is it Tim Sheens? Is it Benji? Like, who's actually pulling the strings there? Who's running the show? Well, mate, what the mail that I I was getting at the start of the year was they weren't listening to Benji. Like, they just right. they just weren't listening to him. And then the mail I got was when the turnaround kind of happened with Luke Brooks yes. and the team, it was because Benji was getting more involved. And then, like again, this is pure speculation. I'm not in yep. the I'm not in the club. I don't know their day to day stuff. But then, ironically, the week where it comes out, all the drama in regards to a head of recruitment gets gets hired by the club without even speaking to the coaching staff. They lose seventy four nil. Yeah. I mean, again, that doesn't excuse doesn't mean the players get to go out and not have a crack. Not at all. But if we're all looking at like what we can perform and be better at. Surely the admin has to take some responsibility and go, we are not helping the, top, the side right now by making these decisions and creating drama in the media when this was supposed to be the year there was no drama. We had this five-year plan. Tim Sheens is back. Benji's going to be the coach. We've got Adalie M, both back rowers. We've got Dali M winning uh, hooker, a grand final. You know what I mean? Like it's, they're, they're recruited fantastically. They've got one of the best young fullbacks in the competition right now, Buller, who will probably win rookie of the year. Yep. And yet this still happens. So... Um, you know, and, and for the Dragons as well, similar situation. Look, the Dragons, again, I cut them a little bit more slack because at least in the first 30 minutes, they really ripped in. They um, were, yep. So I can go, okay, there was signs of effort. Still not good enough, though. Still not good enough. But, mm-hmm. mate, um, yeah, look, we're, we're going to head to a break. But after the break, we've got plenty more rugby league to talk about. Plenty more rugby league. Plus, we've got interviews with Kieran Foran and the great Jonathan Thurston. We'll see you on the other side. Time now to break down the best hands in the NRL. Thanks to Schnitz, the best hands in the schnitzel business. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Thanks to the SEN app. Download it today for free in the App Store and listen anywhere, anytime. What have we got, Smitty? Oh, best hands, Kempi. Thanks to Schnitties. Oh, yeah. Good Schnitz. Oh, man. Getting, getting hungry now. today, Tom? We, honestly, schnitz? I feel like we never... I honestly feel like it's been never. two months. No, seriously. <laughs> he tells us all the time. I'll, at, at the end of the month, every month. Yeah. I, I swear we've we've only had it twice. The whole year. 
Honestly, I'm, I, I promise you. I reckon you're being generous there, Smithy. Maybe once, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking, Tommy. <laughs> Only joking, Tommy. And our friends at Schnitz, thank you so much for the lovely, delicious meals that we get and for looking after us on the captain's run. Okay, one point. Best hands. One point goes to Blake Taff diving on a kick to score a try against the Warriors in the pointing rate. What a what a performance that was from the Rabbitohs. Mate. What a win. Yeah. What a win. It's you know, the Warriors, they they've they've been in a very good position and we're thinking going home, um, to Mount Smart Stadium, big crowd. I was thinking Warriors win. And and not just a win, I thought that was gonna be a comfortable win, but well done to the Rabbits and, and Blake Taff, he, he played a starring role on that. Two points. Lindsay Smith, the flick pass. I don't know if you oh. caught this game, but if you can, jump on whatever platform you need to jump on and have a look at this effort from Lindsay Smith. Against the storm, um, under the roof at Marvel Stadium, he dived on a loose ball and then just had the audacity, the big rucky. He's about six foot six, this man. Had the audacity just to get up to his knees and flick past to Liam Martin um, to send him over for a try in in what was an incredible performance by the by the Penrith Panthers. Two points, Lindsay Smith, and then three points. Well, David feed up the cutout pass for a big man. Wow, unbelievable! It was over to Lofi Pereira. while he was getting tackled by multiple defenders at the Raiders, and I did see. Um, a little post on on the bloke um, platform, Kempi, that he was one of the top performers mm-hmm. over the, across the weekend. Three points, Dave Fafita. Mate, he. I just love the fact that I, what I love about Fafita's game this year is how well rounded it is. I think that like coming into grade, we knew he was this explosive athlete that he could just yep. bulldoze people. Yep. But he has just found such a good balance between, you know, doing the tough stuff. And then picking his moments to do what we like, he, he's just so well rounded as a back rower. Like he, yep. at, at the moment, you can't really poke a hole in his game. Yep. Um, just quickly, was that a try that he scored? Are you serious? In your opinion, mate, that's one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Because like, oh, yeah, put it this oh, way: if if that no. was okay, if let's say that was a bomb and the defender caught it, that would be an yep. escort. Yes. Exactly. But if Dave Fafita falls over, it's an escort. It, it, like in what I've never seen a game where the body language of a guy trying to play the ball is st- stopping and put his his hands out like that. I've never seen like if he's going for the ball, he's running with his hands, uh, his arms. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bizarre decision, and and the NRL defended it, which is really yeah. bizarre. That like I'm, I'm that's shocked. That's what made it even more strange, mate. Mate, so strange. Anyway, we're gonna head to a break. Bite into golden, delicious handcrafted schnitzels after the break. We'll get to your text and wrap up the first hour. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Uh, make sure to text in 0457 736 736. We've got a text here from Jake from Cronulla. Uh, oh, Mind you, area of the woods. Uh, Mind you, neck of the woods, mate. I actually oh. moved out to the Shire oh. last oh, week, no. Smithy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. He's moving up. Oh, no. He's moving up. No, I'm world. moving he's in the Shire. No, Smithy. It's too expensive in the city, mate. I'm just a butler. <laughs> I'm a butler, mate. I've got to do merch drops every week now just to keep up with rent in Sydney. Oh, oh, mate, moving out to the to Shire, did a 18-hour, uh, oh, well, it's no, not 18-hour, I mean 11-hour drive from Brisbane. 
uh, or not, 10 to 11 hour drive from Brisbane oh, wow. yesterday. Uh, How'd you go? Look, there was a lot of time to think about selection decisions and I am no closer. <laughs> I am no closer. But the text is, uh, who would you say has been the best player so far this season? Me personally, Payne Haas. What do you reckon, Smithy? Payne Haas, yeah, no, no, he's been fantastic. Uh, missing from game three, of course, with the ankle complaint, but outstanding, leading the Broncos fantastically. Um, you know what I'm going to say, mate? Sean Johnson. Oh, I like it. I like SJ. it. Yeah, SJ. no, he's 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 helped the Warriors, you know, you know, take them back into finals contention, and he's playing some of the best football that he's played in his entire career. So I'm, I'm going to say Shawnee Johnson. Now, uh, coming up in the second hour, Titans halfback Kieran Foran, resurgence of the Cowboys, the playing futures of David Fafita, Tino Fasu on Malawi, and also a chat with the great Jonathan Thurston. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Huge news coming out of the, the Gold Coast Titans, which hasn't been confirmed by the club, but it also hasn't been denied by the club. Uh, when asked about it, uh, the CEO, I'm pretty sure, said that all contracts are, are, are private. But it is reported that Fafita and Tino Fasua Malawi both have uh, release clauses or basically become free agents if Holbrook is sacked. Uh, mate, thoughts about when you heard this news? Well, well I was a little bit shocked, Kempi, um, when I when I heard about this. Given given the situation with Justin Holbrook, right? So we spoke about a little bit earlier, um, and you know, we spoke about this last week as well. You know, around the sacking of of um, the Gold Coast Titans coach. If if the club was if the club were weren't certain about his future, and that there were sort of KPIs around. Um, his contract and and had to achieve a certain amount of wins or had to be positioned somewhere on the ladder at a certain point in the season. I don't know why they would have added clauses in players' contracts Mm. as well. If there was so much doubt around the future of the coach, why would you you then allow, particularly, Kempe, particularly your captain in Tino Fasu or Malawi and one of your star players in David Fafita, why would you allow them to have options clauses whichever way you want to whatever way you want to call it to then be able to leave the club if Justin Holbrook is not the coach mm. I just that that's the thing that surprises me yeah um in this whole situation look that you know there's, there's there's things to be to play out apparently it's reported that you know these clauses if they are to be activated they need to be activated within three months. Mm. Um, so the clock is ticking. So um, you know, I seen a I seen a headline the other day that the Raiders have tabled an offer to yeah. David Fafita already four million dollars for four years. Wow, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it is a lot of money. Um, so I'm sure the big man will will take that into consideration. But outside in, you know, I don't know. I, I just I look at those two players and I think I think they they're on a path at the moment that. They want to try and bring some success to the Gold Coast Titans. Mm. They want to try and bring some success to to the area, um, the entire Gold Coast. They they want to they want to be a part of history, right? They mm. want they want to try and bring the first ever premiership to that club, um, and you know they've got a they've got a guy coming in as coach as in Den, in Des Hasler, who he's been there and done it before. He knows how to get the job done, so. As I said, mate, we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens um, over the next you know sort of three months. But if if I'm gonna 
take a little stab in the dark, I'd say that we'll see those two boys remain Titans players. Yeah, I think that uh, if I was a betting man, they just look happy. And, mm. you know, I just would be surprised if they bail mid-plan because they're the ones that were part of the making of the plan. You know, they, they, right. they're leaders of the team. I mean, they for feet just resigned for less uh, in hopes. And, like, they're just at the precipice. They're literally sitting just outside the eight. They've got a really strong young roster that is young forwards. Uh, and they got potentially maybe Benny Hunt coming to the club. But let's get on to the Cowboys. Cowboys sit now in ninth on the ladder. Uh, four straight wins against the Storm Panthers, Rabbitohs and Tigers. I mean, are the Cowboys back? Are they back to premiership contenders or at least finals footy? What do you reckon, Smithy? Well, I'll tell you what. They're back to playing the footy that everyone expected them to play mm. um, in in this season. And, you know, if we go back to the very first episode of the captain's run this year. I, I tipped these I tipped this club to, to win the premiership Kempi. Yep. If you remember all that way back. But um you know, slowly they've they've regained that confidence that they had last year. Um you know, the belief seems to be back to where it was last year as well. And and maybe maybe they were suffering a little bit from that breakout year that a lot of their players had. Like, mm. you know, when we're talking about um Jeremiah and Nene uh, Reuben Cotter, Tom Dearden, they were all thrust into that um, representative scene last year where they played, you know, State of Origin. They were part of that huge series win for Queensland. Um, a couple of them then went on and, and, and represented in the World Cup. So it's a it, it was a really, really big year um, for them, both physically and, and emotionally. You know, being a part of um, a State of Origin series as well as a World Cup, which spans from, you know, you to go back to these guys started preseason training um, at the end of 2021 for the 2022 season. I know yeah. we're going back a little bit here, but like putting it all into um, perspective, they they started training way back in 2021 for that huge year, which went all the way through to the end of 2022, like when they wrapped up the World Cup, which was nearly December. Mm. of 2022 so it was almost 12 months on the go um you know playing a rigorous competition like the NRL the highs and lows of the representative stuff they nearly got to a grand final mm. and and I'm sure the the way they lost that game at home after you know securing a, a home prelim after beating the, the sharks that that would have taken its toll as well mm. um you know so it's it 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 took them a little bit to get going, but I think you know the Cowboys have certainly kicked into gear. And I'll tell you one man that's that's had a huge say in the way they've played, particularly over the last month, is Scott Drinkwater. Yeah, wow. I, I think he's been fantastic, and 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 hence his um, his promotion into the squad for the Blues for Game Three. He wouldn't be too far off. Yeah, playing playing in that in that sky blue jersey, I'm sure. Mm. Um, mate, I, I totally agree in regards to Drinky. I think he's been absolutely outstanding. And, you know, if you look at the New South Wales current conundrum, it's they get all the field position. They just don't have that attacking power. Uh, you know, I know Cody Walker has been brought in for that role. Um, but, you know, even though Dylan Edwards has been playing better footy for a longer than, say, a Scotty Drinkwater, I do think Drinkwater offers a unique... Uh, angle for New South Wales that they haven't had for a substantial amount of time due to the fact that Teddy is a running fullback, whereas Drinky's a ball-playing one. 
So it's mm. going to be interesting to see next year. Dylan Edwards, we know, is going to continue to play really good footy um, to see which direction they go. You can go the guy, the meter area that gets through tough, big contact, or you go through less meters, but, you know, ball playing wise, it, when they get in good field position, he's most likely going to get you some points. Uh, so, yeah, really interesting to see which direction they go uh, next season in New South Wales. And also really interesting to see how Drinkwater continues to evolve as you the, as you know, Smithy, like he was supposed to be Billy Slayer's, you know, next up. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, torn peck and then, he, you know, Hughes killed it. Pappenhausen killed it. Now let's head into Queensland camp with assistant coach Jonathan Thurston. How you going, brother? Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. Yourself? Very, very good. Now, mate, i just got to get this out of the way at the start of the, the chat. Um, I've been hearing whispers. You've been placing a lot of bets on some goal-kicking in camp over the series, and a few birdies are saying the old boy's a bit rusty. What's going on there, mate? Yes, uh, very rusty. <laughs> um, I've had to pay a lot of cash to the boys, but uh, it's good for team morale. Uh, oh, I don't, dint, I don't, I don't want to dent their confidence uh, heading into a big game. So um, the coach has had a chat to me and uh, has asked me to spray them. So uh, I'm doing my best for the team. <laughs> team morale, I reckon. Oh, I like it. I like it, mate. Um, <laughs> how's it been? Obviously, you're in. You know, you're in camp. It's a, it's a game three an opportunity to do something that, you know, even the best sides uh, couldn't do. What's it been like in camp, mate? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, you know, this group of young men are, are willing to learn. Um, they want to get better. Um, and, you know, you know, I have to tell these boys uh, once, uh, you know, once you've spoken to them about, you know, what you need from, from, from them. So, um, yeah, they're very excited about what lies ahead. Uh, they understand the opportunity uh, that's in front of them, uh, but they also know that you know they're going to come up against a, a really desperate uh, rugby league team in, in the Blues. So uh, there's been a, a fair few changes uh, in that side, and um, you know it's probably the, their strongest side they've had all series. So um, yeah, they're under no illusions what's in front of them. But uh, you know, going from the, the first two games there. Um, yeah, they're, they're looking to improve on what they've already built. Mate, uh, I, I really have enjoyed uh, the halves this series, especially in Game 2. I just thought that, you know, the game plan, the decision-making was outstanding. What's it been like working with a, a DCE that's arguably in career-best form? Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, he's obviously the, the skipper, um, and, you know, it's about trying to get the ball in their hands as uh, as much as possible. Um, and, you know, we've got a fair bit of speed uh, on our edges now. So um, trying to, yeah, manipulate the defensive line uh, to, you know, use our strengths. Um, and, you know, DCE and, and, and Munster have been at the forefront of that. So, you know, the training that we do um, is all about, you know, putting them in situations um, where they can execute and uh, manipulate the defensive line. And, um, you know, we want the boys to play footy. Um, all up and down the park, so not only just in, in good ball, but um, yeah, we want to try and you know move the ball as much as possible. But we also understand that you need to go through through them first, and uh, I think we did that in game one, uh, game two, sorry, where we um, you know tried to go through the middle, and then that 
back end of that uh, first half then we started to see a bit more ball, ball movement and um, yeah so it's been a pleasure to work with uh, those boys I played with DCE uh, back in the day and um, yeah it's good to see how much he's uh, come along and, and grown uh, into that role so uh, he doesn't talk too much um, but when he does uh, you know all the boys uh, uh, listen and um, yeah, he's very measured in the way that he speaks to the boys. A bit like uh, Cam Smith. Uh, it's like your dad talking to you. So, <laughs> uh, you don't want to let him down. So um, he has that respect. And, um, yeah, he's he's been great in the last, you know, three or four years. Mate, big Lindsay Collins goes up and takes that catch. What are you thinking on the sideline game one? You see the big fella just climbing high. Oh, it was <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable <laughs> jumping over the top of the Australian fullback. <laughs> unbelievable. The big I know, one. but, uh, you know, if you watch the vision, you know, like Munsters uh, scored the try off the back of it, uh, but no one goes to celebrate with money. They yep. all go and celebrate with Lindsay because yep. they've all realised how big a play uh, that was. And, um, yeah, so uh, it was huge. And he's been enormous for us uh, the first two games too. Our pack has been outstanding um, defensively and with the ball as well. So, um, yeah, you know, Lindsay's been a, a big part of that uh, with Rubes and... Uh, Tino and Paddy uh, flag that was in there the first couple of games as well so yeah our forward pack have uh, done a really good job um, this series and they'll need to do a, a, an even bigger job uh, you know next week and it's uh, it's it's NADOC week this week isn't it yeah that's right um, and obviously proud uh, Indigenous history with the Queensland side and it got the great hammer there as well what about the, the hammer how good has it been to see him just absolutely fly yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, we've got speed on our edges now, so we need to, um, you know, find the ball to those boys. But it's not about just giving them the ball um, and do your best. We need to get them the ball in the right areas. And I think, you know, our halves and fullback uh, has been able to do that in the first couple of games. So um, I was really impressed with um, Hammer's preparation. Um, that's the key for him. And... You know, defensively and offensively, uh, his preparation in the first two games was, was outstanding and I thought it was a r- real true reflection uh, of his performance. It was the way that he prepared during the week. So, um, yeah, again, uh, he'll need to be at the forefront of that uh, with his preparation and, you know, it's about getting him the ball in the, in the right areas uh, and that's a big job for our halves and, yeah, you know, it's been... Great to see him grow as well over the, the last couple of camps. And you know, you've been going out visiting, um, you know, young players and uh, young com- like the communities out in Cairns uh, during NADOC week as well. And there's a you know a lot of Indigenous fellows and young kids in Cairns. What's that? What's that? Uh, I guess seeing the younger generation, you know, do what you did maybe ten years ago as a player. Is that something cool to kind of witness? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, you know, the Queensland Maroons team. Um, mean so much to the state mm. and that's not lost on the boys um, you know we had our fan day up here in Cairns yesterday and uh, pretty much bucketed rain all morning <laughs> uh, but uh, the fans <laughs> stayed there and uh, you know waited for the boys you wow. know, sign autographs take photos um, and 
you know, Nate and I went out to Yarrabah uh, in the afternoon uh, to an indigenous community there as well. And yep. uh, just to see the, the smiles on those young kids' faces um, and especially the elders uh, mm. as well. Um, yeah, it's a sight to see. Um, so, yeah, the, the players understand the role that they play in the community. They understand uh, what the, the jersey means to the state. And, um, yeah, it was so good to see, you know, thousands of people, um, you know, in the rain waiting for the boys to, you know, go out and get a photo with them. So, yeah, the, the, they didn't leave uh, until the bus left. So wow. there was a, a few thousand there, which was good to see. Mate, and, uh, the last question before I let you go, Cowboys. I mean, talk about roaring back into form. What's it like seeing the boys? And what do you think has changed that has brought this form, you know, over the last three or four weeks? Yeah, well, it's nice when you got a, a full squad. Uh, uh, you know, every team goes through the injuries and uh, the Cowboys were probably hit with that earlier in the year. Uh, I think Origin's also been good uh, for our boys. Uh, it's certainly given them uh, a lot of confidence going back to, to clubland, um, and I think that's uh, a reflection of, you know, what they've done in camp. Um, they've gone back there and, you know, they've sort of, um, you know, bring that energy back, um, you know, and, and pick the boys up. So, yeah, you know, Toddy and the coaching staff have done an amazing job, um, but I think Origin's been really good for uh, our boys, uh, the Cowboys especially, because, um, you know, that period can be extremely tough. Um, but, you know, I think that those boys that are playing Origin have gone back there and, uh, you know, lifted the team up and that gives you confidence in the way that you play. And I think, you know, um, I think, you know, Scotty Drinkwater's been outstanding. Uh, Tommy did and um, our forward pack um, are doing a job there and our boys are able to play off the back of it. So, yeah, it's been uh, really good to see uh, when the Cowboys are going well. Uh, the North is going well, so uh, with the way that State of Origin is and the Cowboys are, it's uh, good to be in North Queensland. Mate, uh, Smitty spoke to me earlier and he said he's shouting coffees for the rest of the week. So just to let the boys know that, <laughs> that he said that on the captain's run, mate. Thanks so much well, for joining us, did, brother. He did. He wouldn't shout if a shark bit him. <laughs> <laughs> mate, they call him Whisper because he never shouts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> mate, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, brother. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much to JT for joining us in Origin Camp. Busy as anything, but he has time. Uh, obviously, the great Smitty organising that. Uh, but after the break, we're getting to the holy schnitz moment of the week. Holy schnitz. Time now for the sporting highlight of the week. Thanks to schnitz. Home of fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Smithy, what's the holy schnitz moment for you, mate? Well, Kempi, I said holy schnitz right i said holy schnitz when i seen the run out stumping whatever oh, yeah. you want to call it of johnny bairstow in the second ashes test match by alex carey and and it wasn't so much wasn't so much the stumping run out whichever way you want to call it the reaction of it wow incredible yep mate the 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 Prime Minister of England has come out and made comment about it. What? All the English people have come out and just bagged him and, oh, not in the spirit of the game and this and that. And, you know, some people get on their high horse and go, oh, they, it was wrong. They should have called him back and not appealed and all this sort of stuff. Hey, listen, 
at the end of the day, it's in the rule book, Kempi. Oh, mate. It's in the rules. You're allowed to do that. And, and only two days prior, Johnny Bairstow tried to do the same thing to us. Honestly. He tried the same thing when Marnus Labashain was at the crease. He tried to get him. And then they want to say, oh, well, the rules and oh, that's not in the spirit of the game. And come on, boys. Trot on. But, but what Trot I on, Kempi. What Trot I, on. Mate, what I don't get with that is like, so what you're saying is, is the rules that you've made up aren't yes. in the spirit of the game. Yes. You, yes. What that's, are you talking about? They made the rules. It is bizarre. Like, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they, their coach literally talk about spirit of the game. Didn't their coach run out a dude celebrating his mate's hundred? <laughs> I mean, he did like he did that? Is Brandon McCullum, yeah, he did. That is genuinely spirit of the game. Like, if you want to get spirit of the gamey, that is genuinely yeah. like, bruh, come on. And, and so he did that. Also, he did the exact same thing as Alex Carey did to Paul Collingwood, who was a um, English batsman. And I think it might have been a one-day game. He did the exact same thing, Kempi. Oh, my God. But then says, oh, look, well, yeah, no, I, I don't like what, what the, the Australian team did there. And um, we probably won't be having beers with them after the test match. You like, know, come on, mate. You know what I don't get with that too, Smith? He's like, as a, as a coach and a leader, surely mm. that's not the good message you should be sending to your, your team. Surely you should be saying, they got us out. We played poorly. Uh, we can be better. We shouldn't. Move but on. Yeah, not excusing it and going, oh, well, you know, it's not in the spirit of the game. We shouldn't have got out. Like the message of to, to the team basically saying he was unfairly out and we may have won the game if he didn't get taken out. It's like, no, you didn't win the mm. game because you got six fight. What was it? The day before? Like, mm. like, yeah. and also you've been terrible in both like matches. That's why you didn't win it. Basball, I reckon. I don't even know anything about cricket. And yeah. I know that it was, isn't two nil already and at your home ground. Yeah. Come on, bruss. Yep, come and that, on, and that's yeah the position that the Aussies are in at the moment. And Pat Cummins, you know, he was he was you know pretty jovial in his press conference. Like they they don't have to bang on about it. They're they're two nil up. Yeah, they're in a very good position. I think I think uh, the last time, the last time a team come from uh, two nil down to win an Ashes series was like way back. I, I think um, Don Bradman yeah, was well, playing. Wow. So you know, and we all know. You know, the Don, he's greatest cricketer ever. It, it took a special player to be a part of, um, you know, a, a comeback such as, as that one. So, unlucky. Unlucky, boys. Uh, unlucky, Poms. Yeah. What um, about yours, mate? What about yours? Uh, just quickly, look, I was yelling holy schnitz pretty much nearly every game on the weekend. The huge scoreline, 74-0, 66-0. Uh, I was yelling holy schnitz after every after every try after 50. I think I yelled holy schnitz. Um, <laughs> got that winning taste right now. Schnitz, handcrafted schnitzels made fresh and made just for you. After the break, we're going to get to some yes. texts. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. We have the great Kieran Foran on the line. Foz, you there, mate? I'm here. How you going, guys? Hey, Foz. Now, now, mate, on the weekend, obviously, uh, a, a tough loss to swallow. You were very, very close, uh, some tough calls. But the boys, you know, even myself in my podcast on Monday, I actually liked a lot of what I saw from you guys on the weekend. What's the kind of vibe around camp at the moment? Yeah, it was um, it was a disappointing loss in, in that respect. I mean, we, we probably felt like we played uh, good enough footy to, to come away with the win. So, yeah, to not get the two points was, was pretty deflating at the end of it, but... Like you said, we 
you know, we did play some pretty good footy, which which we were pleased with. But um, you know, we let in let in a few soft tries as well. So yeah, I think um, mate, all in all, the vibes been you know pretty positive, and um, and we're just focusing on the Dolphins this week. Hey, Foz, a bit happening at the club over the last, you know, I guess the last fortnight, um, you know, with, with Justin Holbrook moving on. Um, Jim Lenahan now taking over as, as interim coach. How, how's everyone feeling uh, about that decision made by the club? Um, and it was, a, it seemed like a quite a sudden move, an unexpected decision by the, by the uh, organisation. How are all the players feeling about, you know, the back half of the year? Um, and then obviously, you know, new co- new coach coming in next year, Desi Hasler. Yeah, I think uh, initially, Cam, I think um, probably hit Debron, um pretty hard. I think uh, just, mm. you know, how sudden it was. No one really um, thought that um, Justin would sort of be moved on mm. um, in that way. So um, I think, yeah, it definitely, you know, hit a lot of the... A lot of the boys by surprise, um, but at the end of the day, mate, uh, we've got to we've got to press forward. Um, we yeah. can't we can't sit back and dwell on what's going on. You know, we're, we're paid to play footy, and and that's what we've got to do. And we've got to represent the club as a whole in, in the Gold Coast Titans and and the community. So um, we're just forging forward. Uh, we want to, you know, we feel like we're in a position to still have a really, I guess positive finish to the year and, and actually challenge, you know, for a spot in the eight. And, and you know, Jimmy's done a great job in stepping in and, and taking over straight away and, and sort of getting us, in, you know, heading in the right direction. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's it's been an emotional couple of weeks for, for probably mm-hmm. everyone involved uh, in the organisation. But um, like I said, we're, we're pressing forward and, and we're fully focused on, on representing the, the Gold Coast Titans um, in, in the way that we want to. Now, Foz, uh, the Titans, we all, you know, coming into this season, we all know great attacking side. And, you know, obviously the signing of yourself, you've, you've been known as a really, really good defensive half uh, for a long time. What, I guess, the personal challenge for you, you know, because I'm sure that was a big reason for, for the signing is because you can bring such a gritty uh, toughness to the side. What's been the challenge as a leader for you with the Titans defensively? Yeah, yeah, it's... Um... Mate, definitely coming up here, I knew that there were going to be challenges um, with with the side defensively. I think it's sort of been well known that that's um, been an area of of concern over the last couple of seasons. So, um, I think I think for me personally, I've I've had a lot of experience in in defending in different systems, and um, I like to think that I've you know become a reasonably you know good. The path and, and on the edge defence. So I've, I've tried to, I've tried to bring a fair bit of that knowledge up here and, and, and you know work alongside the guys and, and with a lot of these younger boys on, on their movements and, and sort of you know positioning in the defensive line. Um, I think the coaches have done a wonderful job in, in sort of trying to reshape that as well. Um, obviously, you know we've had we've had a few games where we haven't quite got it right, mate. And, um, you know, probably probably shows in terms of our defensive record for the season. But um, yeah, look, that's at the end of the day. If you want to be there at the at the end of the year, you've got to be one of the the top defensive teams. And I think we know that as a club, um, we know that as players that that's that's the part that we've got to get right. You know, the Gold Coast have always been able to score points. That's never been an issue. But but stopping them is a different story. And 
um, that's I, I think that's the part that we've got to got to work hardest on um, definitely towards the back end of this year and then heading into next year. Mate, talking about you know seeing the change in in the club and and the team and in particular players in the squad, mate. Can you tell us about the change you've seen in David Fafita this year? Like, there's a lot lot of talk being around. David and his career, and particularly the signing at the Gold Coast Titans on big money, and and some people saying underperforming. But this year, he's just he seems like he's just gone to another level, Foz. And and you look at his performance on the weekend. You know, he scored a try and and had a hand in a couple of others. Ran for 180 meters. What's it like being around training with him and and watching him perform the way he did on the weekend? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the first part of that mate is. Um, Probably he's reaping the rewards for how hard he, he trained throughout the off season. Like he, mm. I think the boys, they often said, "Shit, we've, we've never seen Dave work this hard." Um, yeah. So credit to him, he he applied himself really really well over that that preseason training and, and got himself, um, I think, probably the fittest he's ever been and and, and felt. So uh, he's continued on with that, and then he's just got a real vigor about the way he's carrying the ball at the moment. He's yeah. He just wants to run over blokes. He wants to run through blokes. Um, you know, he's always been able to, you know, come up with special plays on his, his soft hands and his skill level as a leap for such a big man. But I just, having him run off me at the moment is, I, I haven't had it. Uh, <laughs> the last bloke I had run like that off me was Tony Williams back in 2011. Yeah. Was, <laughs> big T-Rex. An absolute wrecking ball and no one could stop him. You know, it's... Yeah. I liken it to that at the moment. You know, you put Dave one on one with someone, he's he's impossible to stop. So, mm. um, mate, credit to him. He, he's just like I said, he's carrying the ball with such vigour at the moment, and um, yeah, he's he's playing outstanding footy. Now, Foz, uh, another bloke that's playing really, really good, and he's been selected for Origin. Which, it, look, I'm happy he's selected, but I'm also frustrated because he's going to be even more arrogant than he already is. AJ Brimson. <laughs> 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 he's your man, isn't he, Kempi? He's my man. I love Brimo. I love Brimo. But he's super <laughs> yeah. arrogant and it makes me angry. <laughs> uh, nah, look, Brimo, he's outstanding, mate. He's, his footy he's played this year um, is, uh, yeah, it's been it's been top notch. And um, again, he's, he's really putting the work in. Um, he's had a couple of injury hurdles to overcome, but I tell you what, every time he's come back, he's just hit the ground running. He's been he's been enormous. So, um, mate, he's a special player. I think everyone knows that. Like, uh, there's not many footballers that can can move the way AJ can and 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 I guess possess the skill level that that he's got. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a massive reward for him getting selected in Origin, and it's, he'll be right up for it. Hey, Fizer, what about one of his teammates playing in this Queensland side, Ben Hunt? There's been a bit of chat around the last couple of weeks about the possible move to the Gold Coast Titans. What what were your thoughts be there if, if Ben Hunt was to make his way into the, the Titans colours? Yeah, look, um, I'm not too sure sort of where that's at um, and sort of where it stands at the moment. But, um, you know, a guy like Ben, he's, he's been an a enormous player for, for a long, long time and he's... He's the ultimate competitor, um, and I think he's shown over a number of seasons there at St George that he's been, you know, their their best performing player. So he's done a great job. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I guess reading from reports, he, he wants to move home to Queensland. Um, in saying that, mate, you know, uh, we've got a great young halfback in Tanner Boyd there. Yeah. Um, he's going from strength to strength and, and doing a really good job. Um, you know, there's a fair age comparison between the two and um, they're sort of at different parts of their, their, their careers. Um, so I guess, I guess that's a, that's, you know, that's a, a, a decision for, you know, incoming coach Desi or, uh, or the club to make on that front. Um, to be honest with you, Smithy, I, I'm not, uh, which way they, they want to go there, but, um, yeah, that, that would be my thoughts on it, mate. Now, before we let you go, Foz, just one more bloke I wanted to talk about because I just absolutely love watching him play, Moe Fodawaka. I mean, he has been outstanding this year. What, what have you seen the big fella, I mean, coming into the preseason? Could you predict this kind of year from him? Yeah, I think I think I could, mate. He's, he was one of our best trainers through, throughout the preseason and, and I've loved watching Moe Fodawaka over the years, um, you know, from afar because he's, he's just been such a good competitor and such a tough player. Um, and yeah, he, he's just he's just growing so much this season. He's become a real, I guess, voice in amongst our our pack. He's he's a real leader, and um, you know, for a young guy, he's played a lot of footy. Uh, I think he's only twenty two or twenty three. He's played close to I don't know one hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty games, which is just just a lot of footy for for such a young guy, and especially a young front rower. So yeah, he's he's become like I said, he's he's. He's become a real leader of our pack, and um, yeah, he's mate. He's, he's reaping all the all the all the reward now for for all the hard work he's he's put in. Mate, Foz, thank you so much for joining us, mate. We really, really appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Time to see which young players are climbing up the Bailey ladder. Worksite trusted for over sixty years. What have we got, Smithers? 60 years, Kempe. 60 hey, years. The Bailey ladder. Six young decades. Players. Holy. Oh, incredible. Incredible. <laughs> uh, young players this week climbing the Bailey's ladder. Ben Trebojevic from the Seagulls. Just 25 minutes he played. 21-year-old. He had one try, two line breaks, and ran for 90 metres. And who, who was that win against, Kempe? I think it was the Sydney Roosters, also was known it as the Roosters? East. Yeah, Tom, yeah. Tommy? Don't know. Don't, didn't watch it. Yeah, typical like Roosters fan doesn't watch the footy. Have we got that crickets? Have we got yeah. that cricket noise? Yeah. No, you can't get to it? No, nah, okay. No, nah, it doesn't want Sorry, a bar Tom. of it. Okay. Sorry, Tommy. Uh, <laughs> well done to the Seagulls. Uh, Tyrone Munro from the Rabbitohs on debut. Ooh. The young man, 18-year-old, had a one try, one try assist, two line breaks. What a victory that would have been to be a part of. Travelling to New Zealand and the pouring rain, probably... Thinking yeah, a little bit up against it tonight. We're missing a few of our big name players, but now they got the job done. And he was for a young man on debut. He was very, very good. Well done to Tyrone Munro and Lindsay Smith. Third nomination, Lindsay Smith from the Panthers. Of course, played against the Storm Friday night, Marvel Stadium. Twenty-three year old. He ran for a hundred meters, had one try assist, and made twenty. Tackles and the trices, of course, was that flick pass to Liam Martin. He, he played outstanding. Don't know if you caught that game or or the moment where Lindsay Smith ran on the field. Did you see him run on the field? No, I, I didn't. Like hobbling. Oh, really? He, he looked don't, like he didn't look twenty three. He looked forty three. 
He looked he looked sixty three. <laughs> the way he ran on the field, I was like, mate, that, this is incredible. The way he ran on the field was like hobbling, half injured, and then as soon as he got the football, he was like, he was good. Unbelievable. He's it been so good. He's been so good for the Panthers. Seriously. Yep. He's yep. actually playing the most minutes out of any of their front rowers, which says something because you look at Leota yep. and Fisher Harris. Um, yep. Let's get to some. That was uh, thanks to Bailey Ladders Worksite Trusted for sixty years. Let's get to some text, Smitty. Uh, text. Hey boys, as dogs fans. I'm already looking ahead to 2024. Which 2024 signing will have the biggest impact on their club? Alex from Neutral Bay. Ooh. Um, mate, oh, oh, maybe Brooksy. Mm. You reckon Brooksy, Kempi? Luke Brooks to Manly? Mate. I, I, just, think, I, I just think that, that you know, you're going to a club where you've got a dominant half like Cherry Evans. I think Brooksy will really... He'll, he'll relish that... that position where he doesn't have to organise he can just stay on his edge take care of that you know his group of players there and just and just play what he sees mm. he doesn't have to worry about you know sort of marshalling the troops and get here get there do any of that he can just relax a little bit in his role in that footy side um, and, and understand and, and be confident in he's got quality players around him that are going to get him into positions where he can go and do his thing so, so I'm thinking maybe Luke Brooks. Mate, I uh, I love the Brooks signing. Now, look, the four years is is a little bit. I probably would have been happier with like a perfect little, medium of like two. A little question mark, you reckon? Yeah, four years. Four? Yeah, it's a bit surprising. I would have been happy with the two, but him with Cherry, they're, they're a much better side. Brooks and Cherry Evans, like that. Yeah. That's a. I think it changes their side significantly. Like I really do. You got a young Brooksy who. He'll have a massive chip on his shoulder point to prove heading into that preseason. So you know he's going to have probably the best preseason he's ever had. He's going to walk into a side with DCE who is literally – he's probably the Form 7 of the comp this year. That's how good yep. he's been playing. Absolutely. Um, so I love it. Love it. Just uh, quickly on the Bulldogs for Alex from Neutral Bay. I do think in regards to the Bulldogs signing, I think they still need to go – like they've gone very young. You know, we've got Critter coming across and, you know, their, their back line is relatively young. But I, and obviously Burton, I do think they need to go into the market for a gritty forward, like mm. like a Josh Jackson type kind of forward, yep. because they're just lacking a bit of that grit in defence in the middle at the moment. I think that that's mm. something that they need to look at. What do you reckon about that? Yeah, yeah. So some forward, some sort of like forward leader. Yeah, like a Benukin, just, just Droyevich. Yeah, just just gluing that that sort of pack, and and um, you know, maybe not even so much, you know, wanting someone that's going to play every game of the season when you're talking about you know a little bit like what the Dolphins have done up there where they've got you know some older more experienced players that have really sort of brought that team together particularly in the early rounds of the year like they've they've, they've sort of they're battling at the moment they're still in it like they they almost beat your boys on the weekend mm-hmm. you know the Broncos and, and could have won but someone like um, you know like a Jesse Bromwich who's played a lot of games he's like a glue for you know, younger guys around him, and just it's not so much about the performances on the weekend, but it's more about showing and guiding these younger guys around the day-to-day living of of an NRL player and the expectation and the standards that need to be met to be a consistent first grader. I think that's that's what they're they're searching for and and possibly in need of at the moment or, or moving forward the Bulldogs. Now we're going to head to the break. After the break, we're going to get to some uh, tips for the upcoming round. 
Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Let's share our Round 19 tips. Smithy, Tigers versus Sharks. What have we got? Well, I like to think the Tigers are going to bounce back, Kempi, with a much better performance than what we've seen last week. Sharkies, too strong. I think the Sharkies will win that one. Dragons versus Raiders. I'm tipping the Green Machine at Wynn Stadium. Eels versus Warriors looking to bounce back. Yeah, Warriors, been a big fan of their season so far and a little bit surprised with the result on the weekend playing at home. But I think the Warriors against Parramatta. Rabbitohs mm. versus the Bulldogs. Doggies just struggling at the moment. I think the Rabbitohs too classy in that one. Titans v the Dolphins. Yes, Gold Coast Titans, the Finns, another derby in Queensland. I'm actually calling this game, Kempi. You know what? I'm going to say Dolphins purely because of the outs. For Gold Coast. Okay, okay. Now, let's uh, share our sure thing for Sure Hire, the temporary work experts, surehire.com.au. What's your sure thing, Smithy? Oh, I've got to get on the Raiders. Playing some pretty good footy at the moment, the green machine. I'm going Sharkies. They haven't lost, I think, anyone to Ooh. origin. Uh, they're basically, I've got a full-strength side. Uh, obviously, Tigers missing Appy and Brooks, so that's yep. my sure thing. Sure Hire, Australia's most complete shoring, propping, and traffic product range. Call 1300 Sure Hire. And that is us done and dusted. Uh, we will be back next week before Origin with the great Smithy. Ooh. Thanks for that, Smithy. We appreciate it, mate, out of camp. Good on you, Kempi. Can't wait, mate, next week. Game three. Let's go. Let's go. See you all next week. Bye-bye.